This week on the Baseline Podcast, we talk about how the Cavs are actually one of the teams to beat this year in the NBA. Then we talk about how Ohio State is just maybe one or two guys away from truly being a good team. And then we move on into the gridiron where we talk about how Ohio State has to avoid an upset versus Purdue to stay in the college football playoff race. And then we move on into the NFL where we have to talk about how losing Nick Chubb could really be a struggle for the Browns this week. That and so much more on the Baseline Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. So excited that you are here, excited that you are tuning in, whether you're watching it, whether you listen to it on the road. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Ben and this is my podcast where I talk about pretty much anything in sports. I focus on a few different sports. Obviously, my sports are basketball and football and baseball, but you know, I trinkle in the other ones because again, this is a sports podcast. It's not specifically a sport. And so I'm really excited just to share with you uh, my thoughts on what's going on in the different leagues and, and what's happening and so on. So I hope you're here to check it out and be excited or just maybe you're just interested and see what I have to say. I'm always up for conversation in the comments or whatever. Uh, so please do. Uh, that really, really mean a lot. So anyways, before we even get started, I wanted to be give you a little news update. I mean, I probably should probably make a different video for this, but that's besides the point. Um, I said on my stream last night, I was streaming on Friday and um, I'm recording this on a Saturday. Uh, Rebecca actually got the vid, as I like to say it, the COVID. Uh, she got COVID uh, about a week ago now. Um, so we didn't really know it was COVID for like four or five days. And so I kind of just went with my daily life and then we found out it was. And so then I've been quarantined. We've been quarantined together. We've been kind of sitting here doing things for playing games and, and watching videos and watching movies and stuff for about the last couple of days. So it's been a long couple of days, but, um, you know, she's doing well. She's, she's hopefully on the, um, back end of it. Uh, so she'll be back up in normal, uh, before we know it. And, uh, I can actually get to some of the, the other podcasts that we were supposed to film last week. Obviously she was sick. Uh, so we didn't get a chance to, and then just some other things that I want to do with her that we haven't got a chance to. So more of those videos will be coming out, uh, in the near future, but enough about our personal lives. Let's talk about sports. Uh, we have basketball, right? The hardwood is back. It is exciting. I, again, I played basketball my whole life. Um, kind of one of my favorite sports, kind of like always baseball, then basketball, then football, right? Basketball is one of those games that I enjoy, but it's, it's hard sometimes to, to watch, uh, when you, when you can't play anymore or at a competitive level, but, uh, I do enjoy watching it and kind of seeing what's going on. And so I thought we would start with the NBA just because it's very interesting this year to me, right? Like I'm not an NBA fan. I'm the guy that if I had my choice, I'd choose college basketball. I would choose, you know, even European basketball over NBA. I think for me, NBA has just kind of become this is just me being honest, become very political. It's become very, uh, one in the game itself is it's more offensive than just like the old school basketball. But when you, be, when you take a sport that people love to watch and you throw in politics, it's very hard for people to want to keep watching, uh, because they get away. They try to get away from that by watching the sport. And I think the NFL does a good job. College football does a decent job as well in college basketball. But I think that's where it's a challenge. I think um, when people want to watch the the sport, I mean, it's a great sport. It's it's 
it's a league that everyone knows. I mean, I'm here in Hungary and everyone here knows the NBA. They know who Steph Curry is, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. They know these players. Um, and I, I wish more people get to know and watch the NBA, um, which is becoming more global and global as more global as we go on, uh, which is really awesome. But I'm going to talk about specifically my Cavs. I'm a Cavs fan, been a Cavs fan even before LeBron was there. Uh, and they are playing well. And I never thought I would say this. Uh, I said at the beginning or a couple of weeks ago, I think I said that um, I thought the Cavs might have a down year again because I, I just I didn't know. They have a lot of young guys. Um, was Sexton going to have another great year? Was Garland going to show up? You know, and a lot of these other things. They're eight and five, which is something that I did not see. I think the moves they made in the offseason, getting marketing, you know, they obviously brought in Allen last year. They signed him to a big deal. Yeah, they still have Kevin Love's contract, which I was streaming last night. I'm playing as the Cavs on 2K, and I said, this is a contract I want to get rid of. And I think that's what the Cavs want to do at some point. I mean, the guy's averaging nine points a game right now. I looked at the stats earlier. And you're paying him $30 million a year. Like, I, you might have to eat it. I mean, there's going to be a point where you might have to eat it and just say, you know what, we just need to get it off the books, right? Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. But they're finally playing well with a lot of LeBron. You know, the the whole thing about the Cavs is LeBron came, you know, obviously drafted him, played really well for, you know what, eight years or whatever. He leaves infos, infamously, there we go, uh, to the Heat. The Cavs just go on a, a terrible, terrible run. I mean, just bad year after bad year, bad draft pick after bad draft pick. And just, it was bad. And you got Kyrie, obviously, and that that helped a little bit. But then when LeBron comes back, they're good. LeBron leaves a couple of years ago. They've been bad the last couple of years. I'm hoping this is the year where they finally are a Cavs team that's not defined by LeBron, whether LeBron leaving or LeBron there. And I, and I think they are. I mean, I, I've watched a few highlights. I've been able to watch a lot of the highlights. And this is a team they struggle, obviously, at times. But you look at some of these stats, right? Like this team is not going to have a 29 point score. I mean, this team, I'm not kidding you. You have Sexton at 16 points a game, Garland at 16 points a game, Mobley, a rookie who's having a great year, 15 points a game, eight boards. Oh, by the way, Garland's averaging seven assists, something that I think no one saw coming. You have Jared Allen at four, 15 and 12. I mean, dude's averaging double-double. Markkinen's having, averaging 13. Rubio's averaging 14. You know, Loves, Osman, Okoro, you know, it's in there, right? And I think that is what's interesting to me is that this team is balanced. This team is going to score points, but they're going to play defense as well. They, they do, will miss Sexton. Like, they lost a game, then they won last night. Sexton's out for like four weeks. No, is it four weeks? Yeah, four to five weeks or something like that. They'll miss him. They'll miss that that scoring presence. But I believe in this this Cavs team, and I'm not saying they're going to go. They're right now they're fourth in the East. Do I think they're going to finish fourth in the East? No. Do I think they can finish sixth or seventh, maybe eighth? Yeah, I think they have a shot to make the playoffs. There are just going to be a lot of things that have to go. I mean, there's a lot of weird things happening in the uh, NBA right now, which I'm about to talk about talk about right now. Let's just put it this way: three of the top four teams in the East right now are the Bulls, the Wizards, the Cavs. Right? Like, this is just weird to me. Like, in the East, you have the Wizards in one, Nets two, Bulls three, Cavs four. I don't think anybody, if you would have told anybody that was going to happen the first, you know, couple weeks through the year, they, they wouldn't believe you. And then, you, oh, I am so sorry. That was very loud. 
I just bumped my uh, <laughs> my mic stand. That was loud. Um, but then you look at the Bucks. You look at the Bucks, um, Pacers, and Hawks, who are at 11, 12th, and thirteenth, respectively. This just shows me that this is a different NBA this year. I think you have a lot more, not in the West as much because the West is still kind of the same. I'll talk about them briefly. But the East in general is kind of like there's a lot of teams are even. Like even the Bucks are six and seven, and they're at the eleven spot. Right, like they're only three games out of the fourth spot. So, I think you you look at this and say the East is very easily, you know, it's an easier conference. We've all kind of said that for years. But this is a chance for the Cavs and teams like the Bulls and Wizards to slip into the playoffs and say, let's make a name for ourselves, kind of like the Bucks did a few years ago. And that's what could ha- happen. I know it's I know it's early, and most likely the Bucks, Pacers, and Hawks will all be up there, you know, in some range, right? But I'm not going to count out the Cavs. I believe they're a team that's very good, and they can make a difference in this league. Uh, they just have to put their mind to it, I think. And uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, but if you look on the West side, right, the West is kind of where we all thought it would be. The Warriors, did we see them go 11-1 and one to start the year? Heck no. I didn't even see that happening. Steph Curry passed Ray Allen for the most all-time in threes. Shocker, right? No, it's not at all. This is, like I said, the West is pretty much where we saw them. Like, the West is going to be good. The Lakers, I said this to a friend. He didn't believe me. I said the Lakers will struggle. I I just don't see how you can play with that many veterans and not have some young legs here and there. I, I'm not saying that they can't win. I think there's a good shot that they can win, and they can pl- go deep in the playoffs. But you have LeBron at year, like, 18. You know, Howard's at year 15. You know, Anthony, year 18. I mean, there's so many of these guys that have been playing so long. How long are their legs going to last? That's the question I have. We'll see what happens in the West. We'll see what happens in the East. Um, but it's going to be a fun year, a fun year to see what the Cavs do as well. Now, let's jump over from the NBA ranks to the college ranks. Let's talk about my Buckeyes, right? Well, I mean, there's only been two games. We can't really talk about the whole NCAA. Just it's too early to tell anything in the college basketball. I mean, other than the great game last night that I watched this morning in the UCLA versus Villanova two versus four UCLA won in overtime heck of a game go check it out if you if you haven't got a chance to watch it Ohio State is a one-man team I am going to say that and I think my dad would agree with me everyone would agree with me I watched the highlights they survived against Akron EJ Liddell had 25 and 11 fouls out they win by one beat Niagara last night EJ Liddell 29 points I just don't see how I don't see how this team will be okay, like will survive if they don't get more scoring. And I'm not saying someone getting 10 points, like someone needs to be in that 15 point range that can go along with EJ Liddell. Like if he gets hurt, what are you going to do? Right? Like one of the biggest things I learned when I was, when I was helping coach him in college basketball, right? I was a student assistant for Cedarville. One of the biggest things I learned was that it, you can't survive on one man scoring all the points. If you don't have, that balance at least a little bit, right? Like there are teams out there, of course, that can have a guy that scores 35 and they win a lot of games. But if you look at those teams, they have guys that do assists, rebound, play defense. I just see this high state team right now. And I just, I don't see a team that has another scorer. And I don't see a team that has these guys that are going to be there defensively. They've given up a lot of points to two teams. that I don't think they should have. Now, I've watched this team a lot in the last few years, and the one thing I've noticed is that when 
they have their one score that goes down or they don't have him available necessarily for the full game, right? They struggle. And, and it's a thing that you have to, like, again, going back to my time in college basketball, college basketball is a, a, a time when you need to have a team effort and you need to pick up when you, when you fall down. And I think, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm probably being more harsh than I should, but in general, this team can, will be fine and can be, and will be fine. They just need time. I think for these young guys to step up and for these teams to just, I'm sorry, these, this team to just play well, I think they need time to play well. And, um, I think they will. I think over time this team will start finding their their shape and and they're going to start winning some games. I'm interested to see what happens in Big Ten play. Obviously, they play Duke coming up soon. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I think Ohio State has a chance. I'll probably preview that game in the next few week, few weeks. But anyways, that's enough with the hardwood. That's enough with the old uh, the old basketball, the game of basketball, and we're now going to move into the game of football. Uh, where I think there's a few teams, both in the college football ranks and the NFL, that have some big games coming up, and you'll hear my reaction coming up. The Buckeyes have a big game this week, and the Browns have a big game this week. We're going to cover both, both in college football and as well as in the NFL. Uh, We're going to be covering that here in this segment of the Baseline Podcast, and we're going to talk specifically about the Buckeyes game, obviously, against Nebraska last week. And against, and then this week against the team that I am very worried about, and I'll explain why coming up. And then the Browns obviously have a, a big test this week, and I'll explain more uh, as we get to the NFL. But first, let's talk about college football. High State had another kind of another scare, maybe against a team. I wouldn't say it was a big scare, right? Like I, I don't think it was something that I was worried they were going to lose. There were times, trust me, there was moments. But after I was watching that game, I watched that whole game, I realized that, you know, this team, they, they have a shot, right? Like they're going to play well. Um, they might be struggling to run the ball. Like that's, I'm going to just talk about three things I noticed. One, struggled running the ball or where the heck was the running game? That's kind of my thought. Defense looked like a different defense in a good way. This looked like the defense that we needed got sacks. Yes, they gave up some runs to a quarterback, which is kind of the nemesis of the Buckeye defense. They gave up some runs to a quarterback. I think also a win's a win. That's what I noticed, right? Like, I think we saw that with the college football committee. We saw that in the the week prior where they got put ahead of Cincinnati. And then we saw this week as well, where they just moved up in the top four. Like one thing I've noticed about the college football committee this year is that they're looking at a team that is currently playing well and what their schedule is and will be. You know, you look at a high state, they're going to finish this year against Purdue this week. Michigan State, Michigan. I mean, it's going to be a heck of a ride. They're going to have to win all three games, obviously. No good to the Big Ten Championship game. So it's going to be a great. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I was kind of shocked, right? Like the amount of times we didn't run the ball, especially on short yardage. Um, obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba is showing that, you know, we talk about Wilson Olave. And Wilson missed this game, obviously. But we talk about these two guys. We forget about him who now has the Buckeye record for most catches in a game, close to the all-time receiving yards in one game. And yet he leads the team in receptions and uh, receiving yards uh, through these games. Um, And it's just interesting to me, you know, like we talk about those two guys, we talk about some of the younger guys, we kind of forget about Smith and Njigba. 
He's a guy that is just, he's a great slot player. I think he's going to be a great receiver next year. He's a sophomore, so we'll have one more year with him for sure. I'm interested to see what he will do next year, kind of on his own. And we'll see. We saw Julian Fleming. We saw a couple other guys step up for Wilson's absence. And uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of a week this week, uh, which we'll preview here in a second. But before I do that, I'm going to look at the upsets last week, right? Um, there were a few, I think there was. Yeah. I do know that Michigan State lost, which I told you so. I, I, I told everyone this. I said, Michigan State does not look like a team that is going to be a top five team. I think, yes, their offense is pretty good. They have a good passing game. They have a very good running game. But their defense can't stop anybody. They can't stop the passing game. That was evident against Purdue. They felt, and Iowa felt a few weeks ago, what Ohio State felt in 2018. When you go in, you're finishing the year up, you're going to you know, win out, you're going to get the college football playoff, and you blow it. And that's what happens. That's what happens when you have a team, right? You have a team that is, that is basically saying, you know what, we have three losses. There's nothing to lose. We're going to go out and we're going to try to win this game. Uh, and that's what I'm worried about this week, which I will talk about uh, right now. And that's that Purdue versus Ohio State since 20, 2004. I saw this stat earlier. Ohio State since 2004 has lost 18 conference games. They're 125 and 18, which is crazy anyways. Four of those losses are to Purdue. They are 5-4 and four against Purdue since 2004. Something about Purdue, right? There was two guys from my high school that went to Purdue to play. There's something about Purdue that that just, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're called the Boilermakers. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but one thing I did notice was just their, um, their ability to just kind of just come out of nowhere. They, they lose against teams they shouldn't lose against, and then they come out and beat these top five teams. Like I think they have like 17 wins against the top five, which is unreal. But it just shows that when a team is basically told they're not going to win, right, and they have nothing to lose, they're going to go out and they're going to play their best, and they're going to go out and try to take your head off. Like That's just what they're going to do. Purdue last week showed that in their passing game. The week before, uh, two weeks before against Iowa, it was their defense, right? They have a very complete team. I think Purdue is very underrated. Um, I think a high state can't take them, uh, can't take them for granted. Um, we remember the last time, right? The last time we played Purdue was in 2018, and we lost, and we lost bad to a team that was unranked. We were number four in the country. We were going to go to the college football playoff. That was the goal. And obviously that never happened, but it just shows what can happen when you take your mind off of the goal of that game, right? It's one game at a time. It's one win at a time. That's why I love Ryan day. He says one win at a time. Um, I believe Ryan day was a part of that game as well. So he knows what this is going to be like. It's in our place. So I have a little more hope <laughs> if it was at Purdue, I'd get a little nervous, but we have to come out and play three keys to victory. I think is run, 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 run the ball, right? You have the best, in my opinion, freshman running back in the country. And you hand him the ball. What? I think he touched the ball. Maybe like what? 16 times, something like that. 17 times, maybe a little more than that, but that's not enough. This guy should be running the ball. You should, you should play the kind of like the Browns, right? Like run the ball, play off that. You're throwing the ball way too much, in my opinion. Uh, you have to find a way to to balance that, to kind of create that, that oh, what are they doing game, rather than, oh, they're coming out to throw the ball. And you're going to have Wilson back. So I think that's going to be huge. And I think another thing is getting more receivers involved. 
as much as I love seeing 15 receptions, you need to get more receivers the ball to get them thinking, where is he going with the ball? Stroud is good. I think people give, you know, Buckeyes fans are always hard on their quarterbacks, but I believe CJ Stroud is the answer for the next two years. And he will be because he's just that good. Like he is good. And we have to be ready. I think also the defense has to be ready for a tricky Purdue. We know Purdue's got their basically nothing to lose. Like I said, uh, they're going to come out with tricky things. They're going to come out with some weird formations because they're going to try to come into that, into what Oregon did at the beginning of the year, come in and say, we're going to beat you because everyone tells us we can't beat you. Um, and so I'd be ready. And I think Ohio State will be ready. My prediction is Ohio State 38, Purdue 17. I believe that it's going to be close at first, right? I think it's going to be a very close game. But I think the talent of Ohio State, the speed of Ohio State, will outmatch Purdue by the end of the game. I think it could be like one of those like 20 to 17 games at halftime or like, you know, maybe, you know, 17, 14 at half. And I think that's where Ohio State's going to put the pedal down and say that we are not losing this game. We're not giving that chance. People might say, well, 21 points, that's not, that's not enough style points for the college football committee. If I've learned anything in the last two weeks, it doesn't matter about style points right now to the college football committee. It means just winning, right? Like I think if they win, I think Oklahoma is another game of the week I thought of. Oklahoma, if they lose, that even helps Ohio State more, right? Since I had one last night, but they struggled. So Ohio State just has to win and keep winning. Teams are going to lose, and they're just going to keep doing what they got to do. And I think if you do that, you go to the college football playoff and you have a chance to win a national title, which I believe this team has a chance. Georgia has not proven offensively. If you can at least just score a few points, you can make it a game with Georgia. I think Ohio State has a chance to get there. They just have to get through this game. They have to get through next week and the week after that. One game at a time is the key. And again, the game of the week is this game. I think it's a huge game, huge implications for so many things. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens. But Ohio State 38, Purdue 17. And now we're going to move on to the NFL. You know, my favorite league. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I don't know. I just said that to say that. But OBJ has found a new home. Thank goodness it's out of the AFC North. I was worried he's going to go to the Ravens. But instead, he's going to the Rams. He's found a new home, which I believe the Rams team is now. It's just, they are just loaded. I mean, honestly, I think this Rams team is loaded. But I'm interested though, right? Like, if OBJ wanted to get more touches, and th this is just my opinion, right? I've heard some other opinions similar. Why would you go to a team that has the leading receiver in the NFL? I believe there's more to it than just he didn't, he didn't get the ball enough. I think he just wanted to be in a bigger market. I, I've heard that. I think he just was tired of Cleveland. And I think that probably ticked off a lot of Cleveland players, uh, especially, you know, I think there's some people like Baker that that do love Cleveland and Cleveland's become a place that people want to go. And I think OBJ is just, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a drama guy. He wants, he wants everything on him. And I don't know if he's going to get that at LA, but you know, all the best to him. You know, I hope we see him sometime, you know, in the future that maybe that'd be really cool to see what happens. Uh, but I'm going to think about, let's, let's talk about last week for the Browns, right? All that drama leading up to the game, it was against the Bengals. Everyone thought the Bengals were going to win. And the Browns came out and said, no, we're going to dominate. Baker looked like Baker from last year. Baker looked like he was at ease. He got rid of the one thing that was holding him back, which is OBJ, which I've been saying, but no one's been listening to me. That's what I believe. And the Browns just, they played their game, right? Running the ball and play action. Running the ball and play action, right? Like Chubb looked amazing again. 
um, 70 yard run, um, which is a bummer. Cause I'll talk about what this week entails. You know, obviously he got COVID after the game and uh, the, you just can't catch a break, right? The Browns can't catch a break. Defense stepped up too. Uh, you know, Garrett is the best pass rusher in the NFL. He's got 12 sacks, leads the NFL. It's like him and TJ Watt right here, and then everyone else is down here. So I'm interested to see what happens here in the in this next few weeks. But I will say this. AFC North will get three teams in. I have no doubt about it. I believe the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers will all get in. I think the Bengals will be right there on the cusp, but I think they'll just not make it, obviously, because uh, they're the Bengals. That's why. They just choke. Jared, Jared, I said that. Yes. And by the way, we beat you guys last week. Sorry, I had to throw that in there to my brother. Um, but yeah, if we look at this week, right? Like we look at the Browns versus the Patriots this week. I think it's going to be an interesting game, right? No Chubb, no Felton. Uh, Chubb's gone. Obviously no Hunt either. He's on the injured reserve. So it means my man, Ernest Johnson, who I've been super hyped about, had a great game a few weeks ago. Getting a call again, and I think I think he can do this. Like I believe in Durnest. The way the Browns game is, the way it's run, like the offense, it's based on just just getting yards, right? Like just get a few yards, let Baker throw. Um, obviously, this is going to hurt Chubb's chance for uh, rushing yards uh, leader because I think he's third right now behind Taylor and Henry. So I was hoping he'd get in for another chance, but hey, that's what next week's for. Uh, I think he'll be able to come back next week. I believe. Um, but yeah, Dernis gets the call. I'll be interested to see. Hopefully they're even more healthy. Like they've been just beat, beat up. I just want them to be healthy. Hopefully this week we'll, we'll see what happens. Patriots are good, but I think they're beatable, right? Like Jones has not looked the greatest at times. Um, and I think, I think there's a good chance to beat them. I really do. And, uh, three keys to winning against the Patriots, I think is running the ball. If we can have a good run game, even a decent run game that opens up a lot of things for Baker to be Baker. That's my second key. Baker be Baker. Don't force it. Just get the ball whoever's open. I think that's what happened when OBJ left. Is He's finally like, okay, I can get to the ball. I don't have to force him the ball. Right? And I think that helped everything. Uh, and I think the defense just has to be the defense it was last week. Get, get pressure on the quarterback. Get pressure on the rookie. Force him to make bad throws. Then get some interceptions. Really, you know, be, you know, be the ward, right? Be the warden. Taking it back 99 yards. That kind of stuff we need. We haven't really had all year is turnover. So that'll be a really huge thing. My prediction is that the Browns 27 Patriots 21. I think it'd be close. One of my coworkers actually is a Patriots fan. So I'm really hoping that uh, the Browns actually win. Um, Cause I don't want to hear that. So anyways, it's, it's going to be a good, a good game. Uh, and I think it'll be really interesting. My game of the week actually is Titans versus saints. Kind of an interesting matchup, right? Like no Henry, but you have Adrian Peterson, no Winston, but you have Simon, like, it's just an interesting vibe. I think it's going to be a great game. I still think the Titans will pull it out just because the Saints, I don't trust their quarterback play. But it's going to be a heck of a game. I'm super excited to see uh, just football in general this week. Like, that's my favorite thing, waking up a month on Saturday morning, knowing college football is happening and the NFL is happening the next day. Um, I just love watching football. It's a great thing. Miss coaching it, but I love watching it as well. So once again, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Baseline Podcast. Hope you've been encouraged. Hope you've been um, just, you know, not even just encouraged. Maybe just you've learned something or maybe you disagree with me at all. Disagree with me about everything. Let me know in the comments. That will mean a lot to me. That way we can talk. We can, you know, I don't know, have conversations about why I'm wrong, probably. 
but anyways, I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, and if you're listening to this on po- any of the podcast um, places, uh, make sure you favorite it. Make sure you um, have it there in your library so you can see it every time you want to hit the road or just listen to it at home. And if you're listening to on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell where you can see all these podcast episodes, but then you can also see all the new videos that are coming out, such as the video where Rebecca tried local sweets in my hometown uh, to new videos that will have Rebecca and I as well, the little Bowden family vlog or whatever that we're calling it. Don't know yet. Anyways, thank you so much for your support. As always, I appreciate it. As always, we'll talk next time.